Get your horns up. The South Florida Bulls Radio Network pregame show, presented by Florida Blue, begins now. Let's go! On your 24-7 home for South Florida sports, Bulls Unlimited. Right up the middle into the end zone. Touchdown, South Florida! To get you ready for today's action, here's the voice of the Bulls, Jim Lauk. It is time for conference play. The 2023 American Athletic Conference opener is today as the South Florida Bulls host the Rice Owls. Welcome to Raymond James Stadium. It's a beautiful day right now, sunny and warm. We're not expecting any weather interruptions like we had a week ago. This will be the first time the Bulls and Rice have ever met. And for Rice, it will be their very first game in the American Athletic Conference. The Owls are a little bit of a different animal now with quarterback JT Daniels really transforming their offense. They're 2-1 and one on the season, and their one loss was a pretty credible one, holding close with Texas for much of the way before falling 37-10 on opening weekend. The Bulls are 1-2, 17-3 the final a week ago against Alabama. The Bulls opened some eyes in that game, but they did not get the win. And now today, a critical game, not only because it counts in the conference standings, but also because in recent years, the Bulls have had a number of games where they have played very tough against the heavyweights of college football and then come back the following week with a not-so-great effort. They need one today before heading out on the road for two straight weeks against Navy and then UAB after today. Kickoff set for 4 o'clock. A lot coming up in the next two hours. Derek Sharp is down at the Stampede outside the stadium. We'll get his report shortly. We'll hear from Michael Kelly, Alec Golish, and also all the coordinators. A lot to get to as we prepare for the Owls invasion of 2023. The first of the Owl opponents Rice is here and ready to go. So let's get started with the pregame. Here's Jim Lightall. Thank you very much, Jim. As we are high above the floor of Raymond James Stadium on this gorgeous Saturday afternoon, big weekend of college football. We'll have scores for you throughout the two-hour pregame and then on into the game as well as a lot of heavyweights are playing. But it's the AAC debut for the Rice Owls, as Jim told you. They are 5-7 and all-time in the state of Florida. They've kind of been playing Florida Atlantic, FIU, teams like that. They have seen Florida State through the years, but again, the first-ever meeting with the Bulls. Now for Rice, a team that's 2-1, and one, they have back-to-back -back wins coming in. They destroyed Texas Southern last week, 59-7, but don't get too caught up in that because Texas Southern gave up 70 the week before that to the Toledo Rockets. So it's a two straight wins, a two two game win streak that is for Rice, but they have lost three straight on the road. They have not won away from home in 11 months. Now this is a team that went five and eight last season. I know you're going, Jim, five and eight, that's 13 games. How do they play 13 games? They shouldn't be in a bowl game. They were Five and seven. Yeah, they went to a bowl game at five and seven last year and they lost to Southern Miss in the always popular LendingWire.com bowl. They do return five on offense, seven on defense, but 
JT Daniels, the quarterback, the former number one recruit in college football that went to USC and then went to Georgia and then went to West Virginia and then he goes to Rice. He is the one that has really resurrected this program this year. And that's much to the joy of head coach Mike Bloomgren, who's in his sixth year, and he is 18 and 40 as head coach at Rice, was squarely on the hot seat, but this team is 2 and 1. Meanwhile, for USF, they've lost four straight AAC openers. They are 5 and 5 all time, looking to get back on the good side in that mark, and Alex Golish has one win in his career. He looks for number two today against the Rice Owls. Boy, we've got a busy two hours for you pregame show. As mentioned, Derek down at the Stampede in the South parking lot. We'll hear from him. We'll hear from Joey Johnston, Sam Barrington, Alex Golish, the head coach, the coordinator, scores, heard that, everything, and get crazy, of course, coming up at the end of this hour. It's USF and Rice just getting underway today from Raymond James Stadium. This is the pregame show on Bulls Unlimited. Welcome back to Raymond James Stadium. Third of three in a row in this building for USF. They beat Florida A&M in their home opener, then lost a gut-wrenching game to and then 10th-ranked Alabama, 17-3. Bulls were right in that game all day long. A touchdown by the Crimson Tide in the final 33 seconds dressed up the final score to 17-3. And now the Bulls will get a plate of rice today as the Rice Owls are in town as both teams kick off American Conference play. About 15 minutes before we went on air, the team rolled into the south parking lot. The Sharp on Stampede was there as well, and fans of all ages were turned out to see it. Coach Golds, the first guy you talked to off the bus, people don't know about, of course I know, Jeremy Lees. How important is he to the a whole operation? Yeah, he, he, him and his crew, they don't get a whole lot of credit, but they uh, they certainly do a lot of the behind the scenes, help us look good, feel good, play good. Um, but from a safety standpoint, from from making sure that we're, we're in the right state of mind, because looking good is important, so <laughs> doesn't get a lot of credit, but I'm sure grateful for him. I need to steal one of those black shirts he has. Yeah, everybody that's in Bulls Nation is probably thinking, okay, great effort against Alabama. Let's see if they can carry it on to Rice. Did you have to stress that point, or do you just is that part of the process as well? You know, we put we put a lot of emphasis on it Monday morning that that people are going to tell you, man. In a lot of ways, it was really positive. We just like we do after a win, like we do after a loss. We point out the positive, we point out the negative. We're really real with them, and we we moved on. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of opportunity there to have gone and won the game, and we didn't. So pointed out what was good, pointed out what was bad, and then we just kept it moving. And last thing, is this the day that the offense maybe could break out? Well, you sure hope so. Let's do it. Thanks, coach. Thank you so much. All right, let's roll. Alex Golish giving us some time. The team is right behind us. Actually, that was pretty cool because he kind of waited. Hey, JV, how you doing, buddy? Awesome to see the team. Actually, it's not just Jeremy Lee's wearing that what I definitely need to get slash steal black shirt with sort of the gray undertones on the uniform side. A lot of fans, can I get a high five? Does anybody want to high five me? No, no, just the players. So this is really cool. Again, if and you have a few weeks before the next one, obviously, you don't know about the stampede. It takes place two hours and 15 minutes before kickoff. All right, Bulls fans, all right. Derek Sharp, say that again. We love you. It's the Derek Sharp show all of a sudden. So yeah, two hours and 15 minutes before kick. It's kind of easy to spot where the line starts. It is just south of the stadium. 
and there's green and gold, little white mixed in, and of course with the players, little black mixed in straight down. There's Mary, our awesome photographer. Can I talk to Jeff for just a second? Coach, Coach Jones, I know you came here for one guy, and your presence is so welcome. What, what got you out of your career and down to being back with uh, a football team like you are? Well, I've spent the past 30 years serving kids, and like as you said, one guy kind of got me started moving down this direction. Now, I will insert real quick that without the without support of Mrs. Jones, who also yes, yes, who also one lady to come do this, but truthfully, I love serving young people, and the work I'm doing fulfilling gives me purpose. At the end of the day, I want to see that young man be successful. What he wants to do and his vision for this program aligns with how I feel about educating kids. Couldn't be happier, couldn't be in a better place. We know what you do behind the scenes. I'll talk about it more later on the air. But as far as has Coach Golich had to come to you a little bit more, or has he got it under control right now? You know what I mean? He's totally got it under control. But it's a joy to be there when he needs me. It's a joy to make sure that I'm providing what he needs so that he can keep his head forward and doesn't have to look back and see what we're doing. You know what I mean? It's awesome you're here. Thank you, Jeff. All right, buddy. Good to Appreciate see you. Go Bulls. Thank you. That's Jeff Jones, who is a former outstanding championship-winning high school football coach in Ohio and an administrator, became a principal, and kind of got out of that lifestyle to be a director of player development here with the South Florida Bulls. It is a big support system. As you're hearing, they're all here, ready to root this team on today against Rice. Again, as we walk up right next to the band, you won't hear me anymore, so we will sign it off and take it back up to the booth. We call it Sharp on the Stampede. That's Derek Sharp in the South parking lot walking in with the team. And again, that happens just about 15 minutes before we go on air. So two hours and 15 minutes before kickoff, which is set for 4 o'clock here this afternoon at Raymond James Stadium. Welcome back to the Press Box. Jim Lighthall with you. Bulls and Rice Owls today. We will hear from Joey Johnston coming up in just a little bit. Uh, it was very interesting today. Uh, the play-by-play -play gentleman from Rice came over, and um, he usually goes through some pronunciations and who's in and who's out with Jim Lauk and some small talk, which is what broadcasters do before the game. And, and he kind of said, uh, you know, hey, this is our first game in the American. Thanks for thanks for having us in the league. The thing was, is like I was kind of thinking you should be thanking Cincinnati and Houston and UCF <laughs> because Rice wouldn't be in this league unless those teams had left. But Rice is one of the six new teams in the American Conference. They will make their American debut today. Of course, Charlotte, uh, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, UAB, UT, San Antonio, all new to the league. We will see most of those teams as the season wears on. By the way, uh, quarterback has been is, is usually what what everybody talks about when, in football. Once you once you're set at quarterback, then your then your offense is set. Your team is typically set, and you can uh, your team is made or, bro or broken with the quarterback. And for for Rice, they get the transfer J T Daniels to come in and has really solidified that spot. He's made their offense go. But they've been looking for a quarterback for quite some time. I mean, the Bulls have, have had nine quarterbacks start a game since Quentin Flowers was here. That's in 2017. And so since then, you know, the Bulls have tried out so many different people. And Rice has had 14 different guys at quarterback 
since 2017 to get a start. That's the most of anybody in college football. So I know the Bulls have, are constantly looking for the next guy behind center, whether or not that was going to be Gary Bohannon last year or Trey Marsh eventually or Byron Brown, and it's Byron Brown this year. I mean, Timmy McLean was in the mix, obviously, last year as well, but you know, the Bulls have been looking for their guy. Hopefully we have found him in Byron Brown. But Rice has really been looking for a guy to take over quarterback, and JT Daniels is a guy that is doing that. Uh, this is just a huge, huge football game on many different levels for USF, and it is for Rice, too. They're 2-1. and one. The Bulls come in at 1-2. and two. But when you start thinking about the magnitude of this game, I, listen, I know there's a lot of big games in college football this weekend, big ranked matchups. But when you start talking about where USF is right now and where they're going, this matchup becomes enormous. First league game of the year, a 50-50 type game that, you know, you kind of look at and say, boy, the Bulls could win this, the Bulls could lose this. But here's the thing. These are the games that USF have not been winning over the last three or four years. These 50-50 opponents that come in here, you're very evenly matched. Probably going to be one score or another either way. Rice wins, USF wins. These are the games that not only do the fans hope that the Bulls win, this is the kind of game that I think Alex Golish, when he got hired, expects to win. And I think he would tell you that right away, that a 50-50 home game, he fully expects his team to win. Heck, he expected to beat Alabama last week, even after the 17-3 final score. He was very disappointed that they didn't do that. But the magnitude of this game, not only for the coaching staff and the players, but for the fans who have been through so much over the last four, five, six years, they need a win. We need a win today to get off to a 1-0 start in the league because two road games after this in the AAC as well. All right, just getting going here from Raymond James Stadium today. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a close one between USF and Rice. When we come back, Joey Johnston remembers this date in South Florida football history. We check in with him for the first time back after this on the pregame show on Bulls Unlimited. A Saturday afternoon in Tampa, beautiful day for football. I barely see a cloud in the sky, a little bit different from what we had last week. Joey Johnston, who was a little bit wet last week, Went through the 55-minute weather delay, but he is dry so far this afternoon. Joey, good to see you. Thanks for joining us for the first time on the broadcast. And, uh, boy, this is going to be a fun one today. I think we got two very evenly matched opponents. Yeah, I think we're going to learn a lot about USF and the direction of its season after we see what they put on the field today. We've had three games and three different kinds of games, but here we go into conference play, and it is time to show some improvement if some improvement is to be had. So I think the best possible outcome for this program is to come away with a home victory because you're two games on the road, and here's a chance to show that things have changed a little bit, and you can only do that by beating Rice. But, Joey, they say that styles make fights, and you have two incredibly different styles between these two teams. Both show balance, but they do it in different ways. Rice is very slow and methodical. USF very up-tempo. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it will be uh, fascinating if that is actually how they're going to play. I think it will. Um, it, it could benefit the USF defense uh, not having to go against an up-tempo type of team, give them a chance to, to gather themselves and not get caught flat-footed. USF has a chance maybe to, uh, to put a lot of pressure on the Rice defense, and we've seen that so far this season where when USF's offense is clicking, it does create a problem uh, just to keep up with them. 
Joey Rice doesn't have a great football history. I mean, especially over the last 50 years or so. They're two and one coming into this game today. They haven't started three and one since 2001. Then you got to go back to 93 before that, and then you go back to 1967 before that. So only a couple times in the last 50 years have they been off to a three and one start. Now, with all that being said, they've beaten Houston already this year. They went toe to toe with Texas. I mean, this is a much improved football team. Are you trying to tell me you don't remember the 1950s Cotton Bowl? <laughs> I don't remember. Against Alabama? I don't remember that particular When, when game. the guy came off the bench to tackle the guy? Yes, I, 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 mean, I do remember, I remember uh, seeing that. And, and uh, yeah, so, you, you, but you're right. Were they three and one at that time? Uh, better. <laughs> Uh, but you're right. Joey there's, was that guy that came up the Yeah, there's, there's not. I, I remember reading about that as a kid, and I was fascinated by it. Dickie Magel, I remember his name. Uh, but uh, you're right. There's not a lot of, um, of football history at Rice. They've existed for decade upon decade without any kind of anything, really. I mean, the, the most notable thing that ever happened at Rice, John F. Kennedy went there, and that's when he, de he declared, we're, gonna, we're going to the moon in, the, in a decade. Uh, other than that, and the other thing I think people should know, it's not named for rice, the food. It's named for a guy named Rice, okay. an educator. I, I really think people, I mean, I've heard it all week. People think, why did they name it Rice? Why are they naming it after Rice? It's not like Minute Rice. It's yeah. <laughs> a gentleman named by the name of Mr. Rice or Dr. Rice, I think. William Marsh Rice, just so you know. There you go. See, <laughs> see, when I need information, I go to an educated man. I like could tell Eric you all Sharp. about how a valet assassinated him, but that's a whole different story. Well, I need to know that. <laughs> not right we'll now. We'll talk off air <laughs> and get crazy. Yeah, we're, we're not going to go Mr. back. Mr. Rice is listening. <laughs> we're not going to go back to the 1950s for this week in South Florida football history, but you are going back. We are going back to the year of our Lord, 2007, to a Friday night, to an unforgettable Friday night when school named West Virginia rolled in here. And this is, this is again, the pinnacle of USF's football history. Uh, USF got off to a great start in, in, in 2007 with a win at Auburn, but they still needed to prove themselves in, in the Big East and West Virginia came rolling in and USF put on a great show before a national audience, a standalone national audience that still resonates to this day. Uh, ben Moffat with the big interception return, Matt Grothy with a long touchdown pass and the defense just did an incredible job of holding down a West Virginia team that really could have won the national championship that year, maybe should have won the national championship. That West Virginia team could not be stopped by anyone, and all they had to do was beat a very bad Pittsburgh team in the last game of the year to go to the national championship game, and they did not. <laughs> they did not. So they had to settle for the Fiesta Bowl where they thrashed Oklahoma. But on that night, in September, USF's defense showed that West Virginia could be stopped. And this is still, you know, still the greatest crowd I've ever seen in this stadium, whether it's a Super Bowl, a college game, or a Bucks game. I'm right with you. I've been to almost every game in this building. I think that moment when Ben Moffitt went into the north end zone with that interception return was the loudest I've ever heard this stadium at any moment. It was an amazing night. It was an amazing win for USF. Joey, thanks for taking us back to that date. When we come back, we will continue. Derek has, or Derek, you got scores now. No. You're trying to boot me out of yeah, this segment. I know, that. I understand, I understand, that. I know. Yeah. We got a lot going on in the uh, pregame show, and I tell you what, this is our Around the Horn segment where we talk about what's going on, and it's, it's probably the apex of everything that's happening this week because not only on the field and on the courts, but we had the basketball schedules come out this week as far as the non-conference goes. Remember, your 23-24 USF Bulls men's and women's basketball schedule is now out. Season tickets and group tickets are on sale now. Call one 800 
Go Bulls and get yours today. We already knew the non-conference, but the conference was out on the men's side, which Jim Lighthall is your play-by-play -play voice for. It's funny, the four additions from the Conference USA, you had this team called FAU that made the Final Four. You had the two teams that made the final of the NIT with North Texas beating UAB. The Bulls actually have to go to North Texas and to UAB, but they do host FAU. You can see it all up on GoUSFBulls.com. But on the actual fields of play this week, it was quite busy. We'll start off with golf. Going back to Tuesday, they came into the final round of their opener. They were the returning NCAA tournament team, had not made the NCAA tournament team in a tournament in a decade. And how are they going to start this season off? Well, try with an amazing put away round where they entered by one shot in the lead and won it by 13 shots. So the women's golf team is off to a fantastic start. Hope. You were able to listen to my interview with Melanie Green on Bulls Beat. If not, check out our podcast page because Around the Horns is uh, taking you around what's going on. But if you miss any of it, we can tell you that we post it on our podcast page. If you're on Spotify or SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, just type South Florida Bulls Radio Network. A lot of the interviews we do, including with her, had a chance to talk to both Jolene Shepherdson, the head coach of volleyball, and Maria Andrade after an exciting match that we had live on Bulls Unlimited. This was on Wednesday night, starting off conference play, the only team, it was seven teams in the East playing seven teams in the West. Six West teams won and didn't drop a set. The Bulls were the exception. They beat Tulane to get off to a 1-0 start. Now they're today playing in Memphis against the team that was picked to win the East. So if they can come away with at least one win, they're going to play them twice this weekend. That's a good start. And right now they are up 24-20 in the first set of that match already. And we'll let you know in the next hour how that one is going. So far, so good for the Bulls. There's been a couple of soccer matches. Of course, going back to Tulane, five sets on Wednesday night. That was a thriller. A couple soccer matches in the last two nights. And they all kind of hinged around officials' calls on the same side of the field. And one did not favor the women's team. On Thursday night, they ended up tying Charlotte. Nothing, nothing. They're still tied for the division lead. But a goal on a shot by Gentiana Fentai that if you were listening to the game on Unlimited, I called a goal when it happened. You know why? Because it was a goal. Uh, replay showed that the ball went across the goal line and bounced out. The uh, monitor that displayed the replay on the field wasn't working. So the officials went to go look at it and didn't get a clean look. Basically, the women's soccer team was robbed of a goal and they ended up settling for a tie. But they have to shake that off because tomorrow, and we'll have the action for you on Bulls Unlimited on this one. At 1 o'clock, they play top 25 Gonzaga, a team that is 7-1-1 and has scored 33 goals so far. So that is going to be another match that should be interesting. Last night, the men's team, and again, we had live play-by-play, -play, went up against SMU, the number three team in the country, and played extremely well. SMU's goalkeeper, Cole Johnson, made some amazing saves to keep his team on top in key moments. The Bulls actually were down 2-1 to one after finally solving him on a goal by Brian Schaefer. Thought they had tied it twice, but both times the goals were waved off by offside on that same side of the field. And yes, by inches, those were the right calls. But if that referee from the women's soccer game was on the field, the Bulls would have won the game last night. So it's just sometimes you catch a bad break. But still a good performance by the Bulls. They dropped a 2-5 and five on the season. And so volleyball is up 24-21 in the first set. Later on, we'll tell you more about how they are doing. It would be a big win if they could pull that off today. Football scores, we got those coming up for you next. We'll also take a listen to some of the best sound bites for the week as I was stalling to tell you that volleyball did just win the first set in Memphis. And then we'll 
take you with that, our segment called Heard That, when we come back on the pregame show later on. Joey Johnston with Sean Atkins will get crazy at the end of the hour as Sam Barrington jumps into the booth with us right here on Bulls Unlimited. So I heard that segment. You hear some of the good sound bites from the week. And we're actually going to go to uh, before we signed off last Saturday night after the Bulls beat Alabama. And the one word that we learned you do not use around Joey Johnston or anybody around Alex Golish starts with a V. That was quite a valiant effort against the 10th ranked team in the country. What are your overall impressions of what you saw? Yeah, valiant efforts are for losers. Winning is for winners. And thus ended the interview. Actually, no, it was a great start and a good finish by Joey Johnston. But given the opportunity to think those choice of words over, about 20 minutes later, as heard live on our postgame show, he went right back to that message. And the storyline can be whatever you want it to be. You can write whatever you want. Man, quarterback, shuffle, whatever. I don't care. And there are no moral victories. Ask me that on the radio. Man, valiant effort. Valiant efforts are for losers. Moral victories are for losers. That's what losers say. I don't know about you, but the V word is out of my V cab from now on. We have the new show, Bullseye, with Coach Golish as the featured guest. And try to ask him questions about things that maybe you and certainly I don't know all the answers to. I did have to admit, I didn't know the answer to this. And just thinking about our own Joey Johnston, who was sopping wet and didn't have a change of clothes. I'm going to ask, there probably should be a graphic for Derek's dumb question of the week. And, not, and your answer can always be, that's a dumb question, that's fine. Uh, but, <laughs> rain delay, do you have a change of clothes as far as all the players go? Yeah, so rain delay, you know, give our staff a lot of credit with Andrew Warsaw and, and Jeremy Lees and Connor, yeah. our, our dietitian, um, sitting down midweek and, and having a really, really good plan. Okay. Um, for one, you have no idea how long it's going to be, but you anticipate a 3.30 game in September <laughs> in Florida um, that you might get a little bit of rain. Um, and so having a plan there with, with new shoes, certainly a second, second set of um, uniform, yeah. um, and obviously gloves. Like you saw as soon as it started coming, out, coming down, visors came off all the helmets. Like oh. those equipment guys... They were, there was a plan, they set out to achieve it, and then we were ready, I think in terms of what we had food-wise, we were ready to do a sleepover if we wanted to in the locker room. Our non-football guest on the program, Buse Hazan, has been doing great work for volleyball. Also chimed in on the weather, not from last weekend, but from when she arrived in the country from Turkey for the first time. I want to be somewhere like, which is hot, <laughs> and, but I didn't expect like the humidity here. Oh, it's... it's so bad, <laughs> but I get used to it. Yeah, when I came here first, I was like, like what? In like five minutes, and the buildings are so cold, so I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna be sick for sure. Like, how does that work? No one gets used to it. Also from the program, learned one thing about our own B.J. Daniels. He doesn't realize that elephant ears are a fair food. Remember last week when Alabama served up the whole gator to the football team? And well, as we know, that's really not South Florida. They could have gone in many different directions. But the direction I wanted to take it in on the show was to the fair food. All I care about is that we did our part to respond by eating elephant ears. And I just got to ask you. Are you elephant ears people? No. Nope. Why, why not? <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> why not? No, I'm not big on the exotic foods. <laughs> I don't you, know if an elephant is no, exotic no, or not. No, no, <laughs> the elephant ear is a pastry. Pastry. You no, don't need no. any sweets, do you? See, no, no, I barely eat sweets. 
If barely. I showed you an elephant ear, you would actually think about eating. I absolutely probably would not. So if you see B.J. Daniels and you have an elephant ear handy, toss it his way and maybe add a side of tusk. Just kidding, just kidding. And we finish up with the best sound we heard from the press conference as far as a player goes last week. Sean Atkins, who, as we all know, has been tremendous receiving the ball, but he's thrown a double pass. He's shown proficiency passing the ball, and he fancies himself quite the rock thrower. I actually I play quarterback all the way up until my sophomore year of high school, so I, I love slinging the rock. Uh, I tell Coach to give me more of those, but um, no, nah, it's fun. Uh, I feel like I got a good feel for the game, you know, throwing the ball, touch. I feel like I got the best touch in here. You can tell, bring that up to Byron. I chose to move in receiver. I feel like I was more dynamic at receiver. Um, you know, I'm 5'8". I can't really see over the line, but uh, <laughs> but I just felt like I could have more impact on like games and stuff at receiver. You relate to the quarterbacks. You can oh yeah. Talk talk about Byron. We kind of know what he's going through. Yeah, you can ask any of them. Yeah. I can hang with them. <laughs> <laughs> That gave you a little of the Sean Atkins personality. You're going to hear even more of it come out when he talks to Joy Johnston in our next segment. But before that, Sam Barrington's going to jump on and drop some knowledge and maybe a name or two as we continue to wrap up our number one. We have the South Florida Bulls and the Rice Owls coming up at 4 o'clock this afternoon. You can keep up with the South Florida Athletics with our 24-7 audio stream called Bulls Unlimited. You can listen on the TuneIn app to catch Bulls Beat with Derek Sharp on Monday morning starting at 7 a.m. Good to see Sam Barrington with us as he makes his first appearance on the pregame show. Sam, welcome aboard. Beautiful day for football. Um, first of all, I guess as we drop some knowledge, drop some names on this one, give me your impressions of what you're expecting today. You know, I'm expecting a, a USF team to come out and be consistent, right? Um, you take a look at what the game last week did for this team, and obviously they weren't successful. They didn't come out with a win. Offense pretty much underperformed. But I think that was a game that ignited something not only amongst this team but in this community and for USF fans as well. So I think this team is going to come out and play their best game of the season today, to be quite honest with you. Alex Golish said this week when he was asked about Rice and what they do on offense, he said the words very multiple. And by that he meant a lot of formations, a lot of shifts. Sometimes they're under center. Sometimes they're in the shotgun. How does USF's defense adjust to that much movement today? Sure. Well, it's all about communication, and it starts at the linebacker level. You saw you saw Gordon and Schuler just kind of show up in so many ways for this defense here over the past few weeks, and I think they'll have a great uh, a great challenge today. But most importantly, they'll have to just make sure they are the catalyst for communication amongst this defensive unit. When you get different looks, when you got guys that are coming into the game, um, when you're seeing different formations, you have to make sure you actually over communicate to let you know your comrades know, hey, this is how you help yourself. This is what to look out for. And then when you get back to the sideline, keep the chatter going, keep the communication going. And that's how you stop an offense who's as multiple as a team like Rice. The defense last week was really, really good against Alabama. They brought pressure from all over the place. Daquan Evans was named the defensive player of the week in the league. In fact, he was the national defensive player of the week last week. Uh, just talk about the being that aggressive on defense and bringing pressure from so many different directions. Yeah, well, the good thing is, is once this team, you know, had the chance to look at film and say, hey, 
This guy was open so many times. How did they miss him? So they're going to make sure they account for Daquan Evans wherever he is on the field today. But the good thing about it, now one of his teammates gets the opportunity to eat because they're going to be <laughs> they're going to be spending so much time on Daquan. You got guys like Schuler from the other side. You know, I don't know if we see a Maris Brown today, but you got who's whoever from the other defensive back position. Those guys are going to free up because all Rice's attention is going to be on Mr. Defensive Player the uh, week. And I tell you, when I was doing my research, I found out something pretty interesting about Rice. It's interesting to us. It's probably something they don't want to talk about. They once went 45 years without a bowl game. I know it's been a drought for us. I hope <laughs> it's not, not 45 be, years. Yeah, because I ain't going to be here if that's the case. <laughs> but I got to see a bowl game here pretty soon. So, uh, But, again, just an interesting fact. All right, Sam, thanks for dropping some knowledge on us. Uh, beautiful skies right now as we get ready for the kickoff about an hour and 15 from now. Mostly clear temperature at kickoff will be 88 degrees. How about this? Last week at this time we were saying similar temperature on the uh, on the thermometer but the feels like temperature was 104 today temperature 88 feels like 89 because glorious 40 percent humidity for this game today very little wind and no rain chance as well all right sean atkins has been the leading receiver for this usf offense so far this season he is our player profile and he sits down with joey johnston sean you came here as a walk-on now you're a leader of the wide receiver core the most productive receiver and inevitably former walk-on is attached to your name. What does that mean? Is that a compliment? Is, uh, that, is that a bad thing or do you care? No, nah, it's definitely tied to my name. It's definitely something I carry with me too. Uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of just grown on me. It's kind of just who I am now, just walk-on mentality. Uh, never really changes. A lot of walk-ons here will even explain that. So when you're a walk-on and you have to earn everything you, you get, how does it shape the way you live, the way you prepare, the way you are today? Um, it definitely makes you uh, appreciate things more, um, you know, when you're doing long hours, just trying to, you know, get something right just so you can prove to the coaches that you belong here, uh, that you, you're able to earn a scholarship, you know, do the things right, um, and you got to stay off list. you got to just be accountable, and then that carries on to other things in life as well. Was there a turning point when your confidence really uh, took a, a big leap? Or where you really felt like, hey, I, yeah. I belong here? So whenever you come as a freshman, you're, you know, you're rolling high off of uh, high school confidence. Uh, but uh, once you get here and you kind of like learn the reality of things, your, your confidence kind of goes down. Like, I don't really care what anybody says, but it, it happens to everybody. Um, but once you get it back and you start making plays, you just kind of go in every day just trying to get better. And then that's what gets your confidence back once your process gets right. What is it like to be uh, sort of the leader of, of a group of a lot of guys from a lot of different places, different experience levels, and you're, you're sort of, uh, I guess, viewed as the stabilizing force for your, for your room? It's, it's honestly fun because I've never really been in this position. Um, I'm still working on it. I'm learning. It kind of takes me back to, you know, freshman year, trying to, you know, figure out things. Um, but, yeah, it's been fun. These guys are gelling. Uh, it's fun to, you know, kind of be the vocal leader. I've never really been that. Um, it's definitely out of my comfort zone, but... I feel like it's helping me off the field as well, and uh, I appreciate doing it. It's just fun. So last week when you played Alabama, there was a lot of talk all week about, boy, these linemen are so big. There's the size. How can you cope with this size? You're, you're the opposite of the spectrum. You're, you're, you're not a big guy. You're five foot eight. You're one of the smaller receivers. Does that matter? Uh, does that affect you in any way? Can you use it to your advantage? Yeah, you can definitely use it to your advantage. You know, when there's bigger guys, you, you, you're definitely quicker than them. Um, but you, my, fa my favorite quote is just like, 
you can't take the dog out of the pro player. It doesn't really matter about whatever, how big you are, what, what you run. It's just kind of your fight, your drive, and just being resilient uh, and just having like a relentless mindset. Uh, that's kind of what I carry with it. And to answer your question, no, nah, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't affect me. So this is your third straight home game, and this is the first conference game against a new team in the American, uh, the Rice Owls. You've had great support the last two weeks. The student section's been off the chain. What are you looking forward to here as you begin conference play at home? And I know you want a lot of support from your fans as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Ray J's been jumping. Um, it's kind of... It's kind of like a home feel to it. Uh, it's, it's, you love the energy, you feed off of it, all the players feed off of it. Uh, going into conference play, uh, I think it should be even more. Uh, it's more exciting, it me it, everything means more. And ultimately our goal is to win the conference, so we're gonna need more people coming out and supporting Ray J for sure. One more thing if I could, you told us yesterday you know, about your background at quarterback. Uh, you were a former quarterback, now you're a receiver. Yeah. So are you, are you like the fifth string guy if, uh, if uh, everybody goes down? Are you the man behind the center? I'm not going to answer that, but I, I think I should be. I definitely feel like I earned that spot. And, and, and playing off that, as a guy who called the plays and threw the passes, what is it like to be the guy catching the passes? Do you feel like you have a little bit more knowledge or a little bit more appreciation of working with your quarterback since you once were a quarterback? Uh, yeah, in a sense. But, um, you know, I, I know what they're doing back there. I know what it's like to get hit back there, too, whenever your receivers aren't getting open. So we got to do a better job of that. we got to get more separation, make their job easier. Um, but it is fun because you kind of pick up on tendencies that they have, and they pick up on tendencies that you have. So whenever you have, like, a background being quarterback, you can kind of pick up those tendencies a little bit easier. All right, USF wide receiver Sean Atkins. Good luck today against Rice. Appreciate it. All right, Sean Atkins had six catches against Alabama right here in this building last Saturday. Boy, what a find he has been, and I love the story of a former walk-on. That always gets me every single time. All right, when we come back, we will get crazy. Welcome back to Raymond James Stadium, wrapping up the first hour of the pregame, which, by the way, is exclusive to Bulls Unlimited. We will jump over for the second hour as we'll be joined by the Bone, 102.5 FM, and Derek Sharp, Joey Johnson, Sam Barrington, along with me, Jim Lighthall, as we start to wind this first hour down. Uh, Derek, uh, before we get to get crazy, I know you wanted to say something as well. Yeah, you know, if you heard me pause during our Around the Horn segment, uh, I usually don't go off a script, and I didn't today. And I'm like, I'm forgetting something, I'm forgetting something, I'm forgetting. It was Orion Kirkring. Yeah. Orion Kirkring, and this is actually crazy, who was just, you know, last season, or not this past one, but the year before, the Bulls closer on the baseball team. And this was his rookie year, and his numbers are ungodly, closing all up the ladder. And then, except at AAA, where he only got one appearance, and they decided that's enough. They brought him up to the big league team. It's amazing. Just, just two days ago, after he was named their minor league performer of the year. So, Orion Kirkery is with the Phillies in his rookie season. And I just wanted to mention that. It's amazing. Would that have been your get crazy last year that he was going to be minor league player of the year for the Phillies? I, you know, not based on his skill set. Not yeah. based on his skill set. And for our show, Bullseye, last week, because Billy Mole, the baseball coach, is getting inducted to the Tulane Hall of Fame, we were just talking and we taped it already. Yeah. And we said, there's a chance it could happen. So that not only is going to be outdated, but it's going to be really accurate <laughs> because we called it. The head coach called it. Spoiler, by the way. Yeah. All right, Joey, Sam, um, time for Get Crazy. 
Joey is the only one in the booth right now who does have a correct prediction this oh, quit bragging, Joey. early in the Just season. Fist in the air. He did score one in the first week of the of the football year, and uh, we'll see if he can tack another one. Hey, listen, if the guy gets two in a season, he's pretty much running away with this thing. So, Joey, you get to go first. What's well, I need to mention, crazy? First, uh, first of all, I need to mention that uh, I did predict that Orion Kirkring would be on the big league team this year. <laughs> Okay. Unfortunately, it was not recorded, oh. so you're going to have to take my word for it. Okay. Oh, so man. today, my get crazy is I predict that Byron Brown and JT Daniels will combine for nine touchdowns responsible. Oh, my Or gosh. more, but a minimum of, of nine. Um, what would you say? Say that again. The two Byron Brown and JT Daniels will combine for ah. nine touchdowns. Or more. Okay, so Why, was, more? That, was Sam, that yours, Sam? Sam? Sam's getting upset. <laughs> no, I mean, Joey's my friend, and it's like you had a good thing going, and now you just shot out of the room. Yeah. There's no every, way that happens. Joey. Every time I I do anything offensively, you take a personal Sam, affront. Sam, what if Byram gets seven of the nine? Yeah, yeah. That that all right with, he might okay get nine. He might get nine. There you go. You know, kind of like... Uh, you know, you scored two points and Jordan scored 55. You guys combined for 57. I, uh, <laughs> That's where he was going with the whole thing. You know what? I'm, I'm here for it. And I just want my friend to be successful. And I just don't like it. That's all. I, when you're up by one and get crazy, which is essentially <laughs> oh, way, wow. way up. Shots fired. You, you, can, right? you can be really you can, risky. Uh, yeah. You can take some chances. That's wow. great. Nobody's so ever put me in my place so that I'm, hard, I'm, but, you know, <laughs> But I accept it. All right, Sam, what do you got, we got then? Sam, we got a minute left in the segment, yeah. so we're going to pick it up. Joey took the whole segment again. I mean, he's yeah. the winner. He can do that, right? <laughs> uh, I like three interceptions okay. on defense. Wow. This guy's really going to air it out, and I think they know that if they're going to have any success against this defense, it's through the air. And I like these def defensive backs just to continue to build off of what Daquan Evans did last week. He put a lot of confidence in that room, and I like for them to kind of perpetuate that. I think three interceptions, I'm going to be specific. The back seven, okay? Okay. okay. Linebacker okay. DBs. Very good. Okay. All right, against All right. Uh, Noodle Arm Daniels. I like that. <laughs> I'm going to go with my buddy Michael Brown-Stevens again. This is the week he gets on the board, and he does it twice. He's not just going to score. Michael Brown-Stevens is going to get two touchdowns. Okay, good one there. And I'm going to go with USF wins the time of possession battle today, Whoa, even though Rice is number one in the country in time of possession at over 36 minutes. And also, also, the Bulls get over 208 on the ground. That's Get Crazy. Another hour pregame next on Bulls Unlimited. Nice. So many positives last week against Alabama. Here comes Wright. He runs over a defensive back and gets the first down. My goodness. Effort, enthusiasm, and big sack and tackle for loss numbers from the defense. The throw from Simpson under pressure. He's sacked again. 34-yard oh, line. It's Daquan Evans again. This might be the best defensive game that we've seen. Another turnover created by Spencer. It hits an Alabama player, and now there's a scramble for it. That's and USF the Bulls ball. have the football. While the offense is still a work in progress, they put together a decent ground game. Brown rolling to the right, going to keep it, makes a man miss, still on his feet, and he gets down near the Alabama 30-yard line. That's a first down, huge third down and seven run. A lot to be happy with. Only one problem, it wasn't a win. Man, valiant effort. Valiant efforts are for losers. Moral victories are for losers. That's what losers say. Winners win. 
If there is one thing that was clear after the Bulls' battle with Alabama last week, it's that the players and coaches believe it is time for this program to win football games. And they expect that to begin today. It's the conference opener, and for the first time, the Rice Owls are in town to play the Bulls. Rice is a really good football team, really well coached. You know, you could tell it's a veteran group. Um, certainly the quarterback is making a click for him right now. He's played a ton of football. It'll be a big challenge. we got to continue to grow to be able to win those football games, and I certainly think that that's the expectation here as a program is, is to go and compete at a high level on Saturday. JT Daniels has made a difference, and Rice will will be tough, but the Bulls are focused on their goals, their game plan, and what they have to do to win today. The AAC opener, the Bulls and the Rice Owls, is next. This is the South Florida Bulls Radio Network pregame show. Presented by Florida Blue. Rolling to the right. Keeps it, runs it, he's got the first down and more. Breaks the tackle, he's going all the way. Touchdown, South Florida. We're 60 minutes from kickoff. To get you ready for today's action, you'll hear from former Bulls linebacker Sam Barrington, Vice President of Athletics Michael Kelly, Offensive and Defensive Coordinators Joel Gordon and Todd Orlando. We'll tell you how the Bulls can make victory possible with USF Health. And, of course, get the final pregame thoughts from head coach Alex Golish. Back of the end zone, caught, touchdown. Bulls take the lead. To kick things off, here's the voice of the Bulls, Jim Lauk on 102.5 The Bulls. And welcome to the conference opener, the Bulls and Rice on a beautiful sunny afternoon from Raymond James Stadium. This will be the first matchup ever between these two teams. It marks Rice's first ever game in the American Athletic Conference. Sam Barrington will join us on the broadcast. Sam, Rice may not be the highest profile opponent the Bulls will play this year. But this is an incredibly important game for South Florida, a crossroads game. They have a chance to be 2-2, two 1-0, and two, one and oh, heading out on the road for the next two weeks. They also have a chance to break the recent history of playing a college football heavyweight really tough one week and then not coming back with a good performance the next week. Such an important game coming up for the Bulls. I certainly agree, Jim. I look at this as a perfect game for USF to come back and redeem themselves. Rice is a good football team, and they played a team in Texas who was also ranked number three at the time. They played that team pretty strong, Jim, and then Everybody knows how good Houston has historically been here over the last few years, and they gave Houston a really tough game and was able to come out of that game victorious. So with that being said, I think USF has a prime opportunity to come back and prove themselves and build a little more confidence. But they have to right their wrongs, and they have to fix the things that they didn't do well in last week's game. I think Byron Brown has to find a way to get the ball down the field. So these receivers, a lot of conversation has been going on, obviously, about Atkins. But what about the other guys? Can those guys show up today? And then most importantly, can the defense continue the success they had in the first two and a half, three quarters of last week's games into this game? Because this Rice offense, they're high velocity, and they know how to get it done. 
We expect Michael Brown Stevens to get the start at wide receiver in this game. We'll see if the Bulls can move the ball and if they can keep the veteran JT Daniels under control as this afternoon develops. Sunny skies, warm temperatures, not as warm as last week though, and not as stormy either. It's in the upper 80s, expected to stay that way for a while. No rain in the forecast. Kickoff less than an hour away. Another big 60 minutes coming up though. We'll hear from Michael Kelly, Alex Golish as well. Jim Lighthall and Derek Sharp will take you through the hour when we return to Raymond James Stadium. Back inside Raymond James Stadium, hour two of the pregame is underway. Jim Lighthall, Derek Sharp with you on this beautiful Saturday. It's the South Florida Bulls and the Rice Owls in the American Conference opener for both teams. We will hear from offensive coordinator Joel Gordon coming up in just a moment. Derek, let's dive into our Florida Lottery game outlook. This is kind of our X's and O's segment as we look at the offense and defense and some intangibles as well. I guess we'll start with the offense in this one, um, how about Byron Brown? I don't think at the start of the year, if you said Byron Brown was going to be the top rushing quarterback in the nation, <laughs> I, I had no idea. We saw him run last year, but we haven't seen him run like this. I mean, he's been spectacular running the ball. It's, uh, it's the ultimate mixed bag because he can create first downs out of sure punt opportunities, and he's got that going over what Gary Bohannon gave us, which we love from him last year, but Byron Brown has done it, I'd say, at least eight times this year in the first three games where they sh they were getting off the field but for his running ability. The problem is sometimes he takes off a little bit too soon, right, and that's right. something that I think they're trying to correct this week. He's the third leading rusher in the American, but the top rushing quarterback in the country at 90 yards per game. Speaking of rushing, the Bulls you know, we think with this wide-open offense and coming from Tennessee, Alex Golish is going to throw the ball all over the yard. He kept telling everybody, we want to run the football, and that's what they're doing best. And, you know, Naquan Wright, uh, also love what we've seen with the guys behind him, even K1 Powell when he gets a couple of chances. But it, it, the, the thing is, last week it was mostly Brown. So I think they want to establish the run more conventionally this week. Rice on the offensive side, once they get down inside the 20, inside the red zone, that usually results in points, and the Bulls are going to have to bow up there today. Yeah, they got there a bunch of times against uh, Texas Southern last week, but also against Houston early on in the game. And so I think as you're going to talk about the intangibles, that, that early on, you got to expect something from Rice uh, is going to be kind of an interesting uh, stat to keep an eye on. Rice is 11 for 12 in the red zone so far this year. All of those are touchdowns, no field goals. Over That's on the defensive side, as we were talking with Sam, Daquan Evans had one of the best defensive games of any South Florida Bulls player in school history last week. And it's amazing when you cannot be the winner in a game and be the National Defensive Player of the Week. That tells you two things, how incredible he was and how a lot of people saw the game last week being on ABC. And Over got Over 5 million viewers, right. Anyone that saw it would have uh, just put him down as that player of the week. Derek, one of the or two of the things that really this defense has struggled with over the last few years is tackles for loss and getting to the quarterback and getting people on the ground back there. That has not been the case this year. Todd Orlando has turned that around. And it's not just the uh, sacks. It's uh, cutting down the running backs just a yard behind the line of scrimmage on that, trying to set the tone running the ball. Guys like Vaughn and Logan getting in there. And, of course, uh, Schuler for the Bulls uh, coming in from the linebacking core. It's been very impressive. Alabama bust off a couple of big ones, but they're going to do that against every team. They kept them under control, and I think they'll do that against Rice today. USF has nine sacks already this season. 
Derek, that's more than they had in the 2020 season. Wow. That's more than they had in the 2021 season. They only had 14 last year. They're going to blow that number right out of the water. For Rice on defense, they're holding opponents to 38% on third downs this season, which tells me that USF better be better on first down than they were against Alabama because that put them in third and long against the Crimson Tide last week. You don't want to do that again. Absolutely. And whenever they established that swing pass and it was successful, it got them on a good tone for a drive. But then they had a couple drops, and that puts you on the wrong foot. Intangibles. USF 0-2 when scoring first this season, okay. which is amazing. So don't score first. Rice has scored on their opening possession in all three games this season. Scored the first 28 against Houston, the first 35 against Texas Southern. So the key is let them get that first one and then stop. <laughs> all right. So the Bulls and the Rice Owls coming up at 4 o'clock off a little bit past 45 minutes from now. Let's sit down with offensive coordinator Joel Gordon for a complete interview there. Coach, uh, last week we kind of talked about if you would change anything uh, looking at the opponent Alabama. My question is when you play a defense like that, no matter what the plan is, do, do things kind of speed up? You know, sometimes you hear about players talking about the game slowing down for them. I guess against Alabama, it's never that slow. Yeah, this, the speed of the game definitely was was fast you know we, we've got some speed on our side they definitely did on their side um, probably in terms of mentally where we needed to slow it down some um, and some in some places where we needed and had opportunities to make plays we, we probably were sped up you know um, too many times you know to win the football game unfortunately but absolutely right that, that was a big part of the big part of the process for us is taking that away from that game and we have to be better moving forward. And when you look at the film, obviously you're not well, not going to say you don't play another opponent like that, but the opponents aren't going to be generally that consistently good. Is there something major that needs to change or, or not so much? No, it's been the it's been the story of the last three weeks for us. We've had opportunities in every game to score points and we have done that at times, and other times we haven't. We didn't do it on Saturday, and we were inconsistent. So too many breakdowns across the board, and our guys see exactly what it is on the video. You know, you got nine guys doing exactly the right thing, and two guys not, or ten guys and one, whatever it is. But the inconsistency will kill you if there's one guy, you know, not doing, not doing their job against any opponent, much less, you know, who we played last week. So our guys see it on the video. They're frustrated. Uh, they're working to get better at it, and that's where we are. Uh, some of the things to me that jump out, ordinarily, you know, you, you guys go for it on fourth down. You would prefer not to have to have to face those many situations. Is first down kind of more of a key than we've talked about in the past year? Yeah, they're all, they're all important for us. Like, there isn't a down that we treat any differently you know we, we try to be as efficient as we can on first and second down so third down you're, you're not you know behind the eight ball right. and we were actually pretty good uh, on our manageable distances on third and fourth down last week um, where we were not is when we got into the long distances we did not execute and, and you're asking you're, you're asking to you know it's an uphill fight you know when you're putting yourselves in long-distance situations, and we did it way too much. One thing I was impressed by was when R.J. went out, here comes Cole Best, and, you know, you might talk about the next-man-up mentality, but you don't often have it in the middle of the game against Alabama, and it didn't seem like it phased him. Yeah, you have to give a ton of credit to the offensive line. There were multiple guys that it was the next-man-up, you know, for, you know, Derek Bowman, you know, having to go in there and yep. – 
did a great job not having a ton of experience so far, you know, in the first couple of weeks and being banged up and doing a great job. But the offensive line didn't flinch. They didn't flinch one bit. It wasn't perfect. And we know that we have to fix some things there as we do everywhere. But I think our guys are learning more and more every single week. Like, I am the next guy, and I'm one play away from having to be out there, and everybody's relying on me. So that part of a, you know, a brotherhood you know, on the offensive side coming together and understanding that it's going to take all of us to, to win football games is, is a real thing. So we, we are growing in that department. One thing we talked about last week was, you know, you had been involved in many a, a big environment. We mentioned UT and Oklahoma, and, and so you knew what to expect. But still, last weekend had to be pretty cool. That was the first time we've seen it here in a while, and uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, it, it was cool, no, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, there was a buzz in the stadium, you know, well before the opening kickoff, and there was a lot of really good football that was played by our team. And on, on offense, and on, especially on defense, and that's awesome for the fans to be able to see that the product is. Man, it's not all there yet, but we're growing. You know, every single week, and the players want to. You know, players want to play in those environments, and it, it's fun for everybody. So, you know, that's a big win for for everybody. And now it's kind of like a, a good line to split here, going from that to conference play. Is that something you guys have talked about today's game against Rice? A new opportunity to, to look for something specifically, maybe making a run for the title? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we still have to take it one game at a time. This week we play Rice, who's a good football team. They have a lot of confidence. They're going to be a great challenge. We're going to have to step up and, and play well uh, to, to do what we want to do. But we also know that, absolutely right, we started – you know, with three non-conference opponents and everybody from here on out is going to be a conference opponent and we control our own destiny. So we got to worry about one week at a time right now, but we also know that, you know, the goal of having a chance to get what we want at the end is still right there. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Coach. Thank you. That's offensive coordinator Joel Gordon sitting down with Derek Sharp. Jim Lau coming up next with Vice President of Athletics Michael Kelly. It's the South Florida Bulls and the Rice Owls from Raymond James Stadium at 4 o'clock today. This is the South Florida Bulls Radio Network. Horns up. You're locked into South Florida football on 102.5 The Bulls. The Bulls and Rice in the conference opener coming up at 4 o'clock. And Vice President of Athletics Michael Kelly joins us from the field. Michael, I was all excited to tell you everything I did this week. Then I heard about your week, and now I know I'm going to lose every comparison. Tell us a little bit about your adventures this week. That sounds really exciting. From around the country to five different military installations in the southeast United States, we were able to meet the uh, high brass, but also meet the uh, the, the incoming and, and just see all kinds of different things that we were able. I was in a nuclear sub. I was in a in a different uh, aircrafts, both from uh, helicopters and, and other things and tanks and you name it. But uh, but like most things, it's about the people. And when you meet people that are here to uh, put their whole lives on the line for, for us and defend our country, it was just very gratifying. So I was very appreciative. Got back this morning from a Coast Guard day in Miami yesterday. 
Pretty amazing. Well, now we're getting ready for football. And during the week, the TV numbers came in on USF versus Alabama. By the time they put in streaming numbers and everything else, over 5 million people watching that game last week. And they saw a full stadium. They saw a student section that wouldn't quit even in the bad weather. And they saw a football team playing some very compelling football. I would think the value to that, to the university, to the department, almost can't be measured. It really can. That's why we make arrangements for schedule for, for, for series like that. I know it's a two-for-one with Alabama, but to make sure we had that first game here in Tampa, to have those kind of numbers under the American Athletic Conference package is huge. And as you said, over 5 million people watched the Bulls, saw it in a very positive light, saw the effort and you know, in the college football playoff era when people are watching for upsets and for big games each and every day. When they saw that 3-3 halftime score and saw a big fight, a lot of people saw that Bull U logo and saw the competitive spirit of our team and our coaching staff that got people excited about it. And even on that trip you asked me about earlier, everywhere I went, <laughs> every uh, every military person was asking me about the Bulls and how we, they thought we almost had Alabama. So great exposure for the university. It's a big, big opportunity for us. And here we are, this one, the conference opener, when we talk about goals for teams throughout the USF Athletic Department, it's all about winning conference championships. This is such a landmark game for South Florida football here, isn't it? This just feels like it can really be a takeoff point to some good things in the future. I agree, Jim. This is a huge game. We want our fans and students to come out in a, in a big way. It, hey, when you play big games like Alabama, you win those, you win national championships. When you play well, you show that you have a good team and it all prepares you for conference play. And we know as we go into a new college football playoff era next year that champions of American athletic conferences would have, a, would have made the college football playoff future format in eight of the first ten years of the system. So we know winning the conference is really our first next step. We've got to be competitive in it and having a home opener to start conference play is a huge, huge opportunity. So let's go get it and let's go get in first place. Elsewhere around the department, we got to give the tip of the hat to volleyball again. They won their conference opener over Tulane. And right now in Memphis, they are up two sets to none on the Tigers. They are leading the third set 19 to 17. What a great start to conference play for them. Really great. And they had a good non-conference slate. Obviously, we know he played Florida really well and, and, and had a winning winning. Uh, record in the non-conference slate and to win the open the other day despite some key injuries but the girls are fighting hard next person up uh, let's hope they get uh, at least one or two wins out here in Memphis and, and really get us uh, on the Eastern Division in a really good place really proud of them Michael we've got a beautiful day for football conference opener enjoy it thanks for taking time for us my great pleasure go Bulls Vice President of Athletics Michael Kelly. We're just over 30 minutes away from kickoff. The Bulls and Rice coming up. All right, what is Sam thinking? That means Joey Johnston down on the field. We'll talk with Mr. Sam Barrington, the former USF linebacker. Joey? Yes, sir. How you doing? Main vibe, your main takeaway from what we saw the Bulls put on the field last week against Alabama. What do you come away thinking? Yeah, well, you talk about vibe, and I'm a biased guy, right? <laughs> I graduated here. I've been here practically consistently for the past 15 years, right? So when I look at it, it's my hope that USF can maintain the momentum that they built against football powerhouse Alabama last week and that they're going to come into this game confident. Uh, they're going to come into this game having identified the mistakes they made in the past game 
and they're going to come into this game with a game plan and a full plan to beat the Rice Owls here at home. What What is the key as a player to stacking good performances? In other words, you know, it was a loss last week, but there were a lot of positives, and USF's trying to build on that. How does a player maintain the consistency necessary to do this week after week after week? Yeah, I mean, you got some guys who just got it, right? And, and, and you see some of those guys, those guys, we know what their names are. We talked to one of the guys earlier. Just Andre Davis, a receiver who played here at USF, he just had a, the physical attributes that, you know, you can't coach. The ability to jump high, big old hands, big size. He was one of those guys, right? But the guys who, you know, the Sam Barringtons of the world, the guys who have to work hard every day so they can be a part of the conversation. One of our favorite quotes ever, piss poor preparation leads to piss poor performance. What is it about? It's about practice. Go to practice with the intent to get better, and you practice hard so that the games are easy. And in my time and my experience with the game, if you want to come out and contribute week to week, you got to go out and practice like your hair is on fire. Sam, when you played, you had some incredible wins. You beat Florida State, you beat Clemson, you beat Notre Dame, and there were others. But you did not win a conference title and that's what this team is trying to do. Could you explain kind of what that would mean to this program? You know, they get flash wins, but what if they were able to stack together some wins and raise a trophy? What would that mean to the program at this time? Uh, I mean, Joey, I think that's an amazing question. Um, wow, I, it, it actually leaves me speechless, right? Because USF has done so many great things, but you're right, we didn't get that part done. Um, so many great players have come through this program. So many great teams have played on this field and, you know, called USF their home. Um, but I think the ability to come out and the opportunity to win the conference championship, um, I think it would submit all of these guys as historical figures for USF. You know, where you have to mention them in the same conversation as the Matt Grothies, the B.J. Daniels, the Ben Moffitts, right? Guys who came here and did something that was never done before. So today presents the start of a special opportunity that this team has. Um, and I mean, Joey, that was a good question. I'm going to have to talk to you about it <laughs> off the camera. Okay. You can't stump me like that, man. Yeah, I got one more for you. Obviously, last week. We saw one of the better defensive games we've seen a USF team play in a long time, and Daquan Evans, one of the best individual defensive games. What did seeing that do for your soul after seeing yeah. a lot of games that didn't quite measure up to that, what we got to watch last week on defense? Yeah, well, first of all, it fired me up. It fired me up real hard um, because this offseason, Coach Golish went out and he got a guy in Kevin Patrick. He got a guy in Todd Orlando so many other guys who contribute from a coaching standpoint on the defensive side of the ball. But what it shows me is, first of all, he went out and he made the proper hires. Second of all, these guys are playing for their coaches, which is so important. And then third, this team is on its way. To be a part of the conversation of a conference championship, great defense has to be a part of your DNA as a team. And I think this team, they're not quite there yet, but they're on their way. Guys like DJ Gordon, Jalen Shuler, and then you saw the game, the lifetime monumental game that Daquan Evans had. If they can build on top of what those three guys had, some of the guys on the defensive line continue to do the great things they're doing. I think this is a defense that you're going to have to talk about from years to come. All right, Sam, thanks a bunch, guys. That's what Sam's thinking.
All right, Joey, appreciate that. So those of you that are just trickling into the stadium, the Bulls will be green on green with the gold helmets today. Same uniforms that we saw against Florida A&M, kind of the throwback to the old days. So good to see that. And uh, the guy that uh, coached against this Rice team last year, Todd Orlando, that Joey and Sam were just talking about, the defensive coordinator, well, he his FAU Owls played against the Rice Owls last year, so he has some prior experience coaching against Rice. He sits down to talk right now. Obviously, we're going to talk about looking forward. We got to look back with Coach Tio. Um, listen, <laughs> a lot has been said about the defensive effort. Did you sense that you guys could put on actual tape in front of the whole country, nonetheless, what you guys did? Well, I knew I knew that there were certain things that we could do that we weren't actually executing in the first couple games. So, um, but I thought for the very first time that I thought we've played loose and free and that was to me a credit to the players I think the environment wasn't too big for them I thought they were excited um, the early success success helped us but then I, I just come back to saying it's players over plays you know some of our guys are experienced um, um, and they beat one-on-ones which was good to see but um, we're a slow work in progress right now so there's so many things that we have to fix weekly in terms of whether it's our process of watching extra tape rehab um, you know and actually executing at a high level so as we continue on and we can continue get going uh, hopefully we can continue to progress. All right, you just said it's a slow work in progress. People would go, wait a second, it looked pretty much like it's in progress right now. So some of the small things, could you expound upon that just a little bit? Well, it's just the overall execution. Okay. Um, that's, that to me is the biggest thing is just from from everything that we do. I mean, from the kind of the untrained eye, some of the stuff looks like, okay, this, but to the trained eye, when you watch it on tape, um, it can get exposed. Mm -hmm. So there's little things that are in there that have to be exact or you're, it will get exposed. So those are the things that probably the average fan doesn't see, but the, the trained, trained eye can see. And those are the things that we're cleaning up. Um, we talked uh, about some individuals on the team, and you actually mentioned them in the past, Logan Berryhill. Yeah. He has dealt with some personal stuff that I didn't know until last week. And same thing with Day-Day in, in his past. Uh, so you get to go the, know these guys more personally. Does that make it a little bit more gratifying when you see them have success on the field? Yeah, it does. But it also tells you a story. Remember, like, um, both the guys' folks and um, are trusting us with their kids. Mm -hmm. um, that's what the coolest part about coaching is. Like, people can say being on the sidelines for games, but it's the relationships, I think. That's everything. Um, knowing one of the kids down to, because you know every mannerism. It's like you can go into like your house and know if your wife's upset. It's the same thing with these players. Like you can say they they act a certain way, and if they're off, there's a reason for it. And that, mm -hmm. like we coach because that's what we do. But outside the lines, where I mean that's the expectation. That's the cool part about coaching. You can like mentor guys. You can be there as a, a sounding board when you have that relationship of trust. And I think that's only going to get better because we're new. You know what I'm saying? So normal twenty-something-year-old kid is he really going to open himself up when we first initially get here? It takes a little bit of time, and I think those things get stronger. And I think that'll be a reflection of like uh, the things that they do on the field too, because they, you know, football is one thing, but you have to care about the human being. Absolutely. One thing that Coach Golish told us on the TV show actually this week was, and he got emotional about it, was after the pick. He said that as he was going to go console Byron, basically the defense beat him 
to the quarterback and yeah. said, we got you. How much is that? And, of course, maybe it'll, the, the roles will reverse one of these days, but yeah. how cool is that? But it's cool, but I, I think everybody, when you watch Byron play and just the grit and the toughness, and, man, that kid's a warrior. And, you know, he's just he's going through the process of learning. That's, that's it. But there's a big difference. That, that guy's a dog, man. Like, that guy, like, our guys want to fight for that kid. So that's that tells me the story about what they feel about him. So, you know, it's it's a good thing. You know, um, the one thing that, uh, that Coach has done is when we got here is, like, we're going to be united. It's not going to be fragmented. It's not going to be in clicks. We're going to be a, a straight team. And I think these guys understand that. So that's, that was really cool to see. And then last thing, you alluded to the experience of the opposing quarterback in your game planning. So today, obviously, you're looking at a guy that's vastly experienced. Yeah. What do you see in him? Oh, he's got a cannon. You know what I'm saying? Like, so... You know, he's, he's been that, like, he's a like a big, big time recruit now. I think people understand, like, when you're a little bit older in this profession, you're talking about one of the top quarterbacks in the country. And, you know, he's been banged up a little bit through his career, but he's got a, he's got a rocket arm, you know what I'm saying? And he's smart. He's smart. He knows where to go with the football. He can read coverages. Um, he's a very good player. All right. Best of luck against all that. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right, that's Derek Sharp with the architect of the defense, Todd Orlando. Hey, by the way, we watch the uh, the Bulls warm up before every game. We do this during the pregame show. Byron Brown today, oh, goodness, he is dialed in. Everything right on the numbers. Watch out. He might have a big day. USF and Rice coming up at the top of the hour, 4 o'clock. When we come back, we will have Making Victory Possible with USF Health. And welcome back to Raymond James Stadium. Jim Lighthall, Joey Johnston with you. Time to make victory possible, made possible by USF Health, ranked as the nation's fastest rising medical school for research and primary care over the past decade by U.S. News and World Report. Joey Johnston down on the floor of Raymond James Stadium. Joey, time for the keys for the game. And quarterback JT Daniels for Rice has at least one 30-yard pass completion to six different guys. So what I'm getting at here is that the Bulls defense can't key on one guy. they got to cover them all today. No, they do, and and USF has a lot of good defenders too, so it's going to be a great matchup. You, you know, they can't attack just one guy. They've got challenges everywhere. The Bulls want to be up-tempo. Rice wants to slow things down. Which style wins today? I think USF's defense gets an advantage because it gets a chance to get its legs under them with a slower pace, and USF gets a chance to dictate on offense. Going to be a fun one today between USF and Rice. Thank you, Joey. Those are making victory possible keys to the game. We will come back with Bulls head coach Alex Golish. Welcome back to Raymond James Stadium. The Rice Owls are in town to face the Bulls. Head coach Alex Golish joins us. Coach, it is the beginning of conference play. Makes it a little bit extra special with the emphasis on these games, how important they are, and the program's goal of holding up a trophy at the end of the year. There's a sense of a new season, a sense of, um, of man, we got to go 1-0. and And I think that's the, that's the standard every week, but... Kind of a breath of fresh air. Just just feels like a new start. Certainly a team nobody's played before, so uh, there's some excitement there. Rice is an interesting team, and one of the reasons they are maybe a little different than they've been in the past is having a veteran quarterback. They've got a guy that's uh, had a couple of stops around the college football world, tons of experience, and he's done a great job for them. There's, there's a sense of calmness when you have a veteran quarterback, a guy that started a bunch of games, that's been in a bunch of really big ones, and he's been a, been a, a big spark for them. You know, they're, they're certainly continuing to evolve offensively, but 
they look different. They're pushing the ball down the field more, and and uh, he's certainly a huge reason for that. So it'll be a really good challenge for us. Coming off the game last week, certainly a lot of things to be proud of, but you were very clear in the post game that the objective of that day was was not achieved and that the Bulls had a chance and, uh, and didn't cash in on some things that might have changed the outcome of that game. Did that message resonate with the team? Do you think it may be a case where you look back on that moment as a real teaching moment in this program's evolution? Um, I, I think they're all really teaching moments and, and certainly this early in our time here as we build a program. Um, you know, I, I think if you were worried about building a team, you, you'd be one way or the other on it. I think when you're worried about building a program, that's another measuring stick and another learning lesson. And I, that's how our young guys took it. I think they certainly understood that they were in the game. I think they certainly understood where where our shortcomings were. The biggest thing in our program, and, and this is one of them, is the ability to show them where the shortcomings were and why we didn't win the game. I think so much is always said about, well, we should have done this, we could have done this. Everything we do, we show our guys the why, and we show our guys videotape evidence of where everything went well or everything went bad or why exactly things didn't work. And so they're all learning moments. They're all teaching moments. I try not to magnify one over another. I think they're all really critically important. And so I think it's just the next step in our growth. Friday, the numbers came out on viewership of that game. There were over 5 million people watching that game. They saw a full stadium. They saw a great atmosphere. They saw a young, hungry team. I know it's not on your mind as the game unfolds, but looking back from a recruiting standpoint, how valuable is a platform like that? Well, I think it, it gives you an example of what college football in Tampa should be and what college football in Tampa will be as we build this. we got to keep giving the fans a reason to come. Uh, but it certainly shows you what, what the capability of this program is, and I think that's what the country saw as a, as a team of – young guys that will go fight their tails off. Regardless of what the storyline is, you flip that film on, you watch our guys play, they play with their hair on fire. And so I'm beyond excited about where we're going, and I'm glad the country got to see it, but I'm certainly glad we had 180 recruits there as well to see it. Last couple of weeks, sack numbers are up, tackle for loss numbers are up, and uh, certainly it's partly the D-line, but it's, it's everybody coming from everywhere to make those plays. What's the secret to the success in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think, I think twofold. One, that the guys continue to play extremely hard. I think when you play extremely hard and you strain, you've got a chance to go finish some of those plays off, and we have. I think schematically, I think Coach Orlando and his staff have done a really, really good job of finding ways – for guys to do what they do really well. You know, Day-Day had an incredible game, but Day-Day's strength is that, is rushing the passer, blitzing, and, and being close to the football. So I think what we've done a really good job with defensively is letting guys that, that have certain abilities do those abilities rather than trying to force guys that, that don't make them do something they're not comfortable with. A lot of great storylines this week. On Daquan Evans in particular, he's one of your captains tonight. And uh, talk about him, you know, maybe coming back, maybe not coming back with the new administration here. And you guys spent quality time with him, made him, uh, you know, understand what you were trying to accomplish here. It's really worked out well. It's become a great story. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of him. Um, 
one, betting on himself to continue to push through the hard and and coming out on the other side of it. And I'm also I'm also proud of of our program uh, for at that time showing him what we can do for him and then him buying in and, and not just buying in but also becoming a leader within the process. I think he's a great young man to point to to say, man, like sometimes when things get really hard, you got to go fight and push through it rather than say, man, I'm out. And I think he was at a point in his career where he didn't really know what he wanted and he went with his gut and, boy, we're sure glad he did. This could be a real contrast in offensive styles today. The Bulls are among the fastest in the nation offensively in terms of plays per minute. Rice is a lot more deliberate. They're near the bottom in that statistic, but it has worked for both teams, and uh, that may be uh, something to watch uh, in today's matchup. You certainly feel like you're going to get less possessions offensively, and, and that's a good challenge because you know you've got to go maximize on it. You've got to go maximize your opportunities um, in terms of, of the possessions you've got. You can't waste them. You certainly can't turn the football over. And our guys are aware of that, that, man, you've got limited opportunities in this one. And so, one, defensively, we've got to go create a couple for the offense. And two, we've got to maximize the ones we got. We haven't talked much about special teams, and we should. You guys have come up with a special teams turnover now in two consecutive games. Stokes has done a very solid job punting the ball. Your place kicker has made every field goal attempt. That's got to be a source of pride to this point. I think similar to when you were talking about the defense, we're playing really hard on those units. Certainly the specialists have, have done a good job. We're punting more than I want to punt, but Stokes has done an incredible job flipping the field and not allowing returns. Uh, like you said, John's done a really good job. We're going to knock on wood on that one of, of being consistent and, and getting points when he has the opportunity to. But I think in the cover units, we've done an incredible job of being more physical than, than the teams we've played, and it's caused two turnovers. It's certainly sparked us in a lot of ways, and, and those guys have done a great job. Chad Creamer and his staff and, and the guys that are playing on teams, which – a bunch of starters are playing on them. They understand it's the difference in the game, and culturally they've really bought into that. Coach, thanks. Good luck today. Conference play. Go get rice for us. Appreciate it. Go Bulls. Head coach Alex Golish, stay with us. We're getting close to kickoff. It's the Bulls and Rice in the AAC opener coming up on the South Florida Bulls radio network.